Here we go. Okay, here we go. The Panda Magazine. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch a radio dial. The Magazine. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and laughs. Go. Welcome to the Planet Mikey Show. Episode 78 of the Planet Mikey Podcast is done. As in, I'm done. I'm done being a patient with COVID-19. I'm a staff announcer, Peter Puller, and I'm done with all this bovine fecal matter known as shelter in place. Shelter in place, my ass. Have you seen my house? It's littered with fast food to go bags, empty Cheetos bags, and protective masks made of fabric taken from size XL large ladies underwear I found at the laundromat. The lawn <laughs> is two feet high because I refuse to mow the grass wearing a mask. So I'm done. It's over. I will stay six feet away from everybody by moving to Gilligan's Island, and I won't even touch Ginger or Marianne. Fuck that. <laughs> but enough about being done. Mr. Positive Bill Smith is here. Oh, thank you. Ben Kitchen is here, and I'm done with him, too. Okay. After his remarks about me being immature. Oh. Ho, ho. I'm here to tell Ben if he thinks I'm immature, he can go poopy in his pants. Oh. Just did. And speaking of done, we will check in with our favorite comedian, Jimmy Dunn, who's anything but done comically, but currently restrained in New Hampshire on a dolly wearing a Hannibal Lecter mask and drinking through bendy straws out of a sippy cup. Wow. But it's beer anyway. And now, here's Michael Kevin Adams, who's really done career-wise making money since 1998. Mikey. Wow, Peter Puller did a good job on that one. Well, he's a prick. Well, uh, we're... <laughs> This is episode 78. I got it. We're still counting them? Don't you get to the point where you don't count them anymore? Jimmy Dunn in New Hampshire. Jimmy! Jimmy! What's up, Mikey? How are you? I thought we lost you there for a second. I thought so, too. Some of the people that I've talked to say that you're, without question, the undisputed heavyweight funniest guy in New Hampshire. Ah, all right, I'll take that. I like that. That's very nice of them. Uh, heavy, heavyweight for sure. I've been eating like a drunken Viking for the last uh, two months. How you feeling though? How you feeling? That's what counts. How do you feel? I feel uh, I feel good. I feel optimistic. I feel I feel like uh, it's time to uh, get back at it, Mikey. I feel good. I know. When was the last time? I mean, not just you, but every comic. When was the last time you got on stage with this pandemic being what it is? I'm painting. I think I think it was a couple of months ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember the the pandemic had just kind of hit, and people were a little weary and we were at the and an, i was doing an elks club gig not to brag and uh I'm doing <laughs> oh that wasn't bragging. <laughs> yeah and i told i remember saying on stage listen this corona thing's serious so after the show i can't make out with any of you broads and uh, <laughs> you, you hot babes out there at the elks club <laughs> that didn't go over real well with the old folks at the elks club but uh it was a couple of months ago and then the next morning it was all over and yeah. I don't know that my my profession exists anymore. I don't I don't know about doing stand up comedy right now, but it, it'll come back. Oh, but of it's course it will. Be a while. Yeah, of course it will. And in the meantime, you know, I mean, I, I guess I say the funniest guy in New Hampshire. That's really not being fair to you, because well, I don't know. Bob Bob Marley thinks he's the funniest guy in Maine, doesn't he? Bob Marley's a very funny guy. You know, Bob Marley and I used to live right next door to each other in Cali in, in L.A. a long time ago when yeah. we both had 
we both had nothing going on. And uh, Bob Marley is, yes, definitely the funniest guy in Maine and a, and a good guy, man, a very funny guy. His uh, stuff he's doing, his Corona Watch stuff is hysterical. And, uh, you know, he's just, he's nuts. I don't know how he's yeah. riding it out, but he's writing jokes about it. You're also doing, you know, you do a two guys whacking a pie podcast thing with uh, with Tony V. Is that keeping you busy at all? or, or, or? I, I do love doing that. Yeah, we started doing more of those, and we just, uh, we do them every Friday now. They usually end up coming out over the weekend. And yeah. uh, Tony's one of the funniest guys on the planet, and I love doing that podcast. We we look at the news, and we, we, bust, uh, we bust up the news, and we whack up a pie. That's what we do. I'm glad that's all you're whacking, but you guys are great together. Uh, Tony V, we had Lenny on last week, and I said to him, I said, well, how, why can't I get Tony V to do this? I mean, I know Tony. Like, why can't I get him to do this goddamn podcast? I said, we've had all the great comedians on, and Tony V is the one missing, glaring, gaping hole in our, uh, in our lineup here. I'll uh I'll tell him. I'll I'll talk to him on Friday. I'll put in a good word for you, Mikey. How's yeah. that? I mean, maybe it was because he didn't want to come all the way to Sudbury or yeah. something. And I get that. Yeah. You know, he's a busy guy. But we, we're doing him on the phone now because of this social distancing shit. Yeah, I've had enough. Of, I, I'm I'm done with Zoom. I can tell you that. I've been <laughs> practicing my actually listening face on Zoom. Yeah, and <laughs> everybody wants to have a Zoom. Them, you know, my the relatives want to have Zooms. Yeah. Everybody wants to have a Zoom. I find it insufferable. I know that they're doing those, uh, uh, the baseball in, in Korea, they're doing the cardboard cutouts of the fans. Right. I need, I want one of those for me for Zooms. I need a cardboard cutout of me, and so I can pretend that I'm there right. and then fake and the whole thing. Off, yeah. I, I hate it. That's great. Well, you know, I had uh, the TV show I had in the 90s, we had no studio audience, but we had cardboard cutouts. We set them up to look like a studio audience, and they never changed their expression, which was good because the show was, you know, nothing was going on. Um, did you see Did you see the story in the news? Somebody was using sex dolls in one of the ballparks. Yes. I did. I saw that. <laughs> That's great. Uh, you know, the sex dolls. What a waste of a sex doll, though. <laughs> they got them in restaurants, too, some uh, of the they, restaurants. Right, to make it look like, the, you know, so you don't feel weird in an empty spot, you know, because that's always a bad indicator for a restaurant, having empty seats normally. But if you got, hey, I used to work at a uh, an X-rated movie theater, and we sold those things, those, uh, those, those blow-up dolls. And all they, you know, you had a, a box with a plastic window so you could see what the face of the, of the, the blow-up doll looked like, in case you were particular yeah. about that kind of thing. And they always had their mouth in the shape of an O. And I remember on a Family Guy episode, they, they had some... I think it was the... Who's the guy, the next-door neighbor that has the wheelchair? What's his name? Uh, Joe. 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 Joe goes... He, he, said, he, took, he looked at one of the blow-up dolls, you know, looking through the, the plastic box, and he says, Why do they look so surprised? <laughs> a I love that show. You know, I got to work on a couple of shows out in, uh, in L.A. last year. Yeah. And w- one of the writers that I was working with, uh, his name's Danny Smith. He's a Rhode Island guy. But he writes. He's been writing on Family Guy since since the very beginning, and and just an absolute comedy genius. That those those Family Guy writers oh, are brilliant. They are. And I went to, I went to uh, high school with Tom Devaney. You know who's the the main guy, the main writer. He's like the executive producer, writer guy. He was so goddamn funny in high school. No one would even sit with him in the cafeteria because they get in trouble. This guy was hilarious, and he's been that's doing what, that. That's what I did in high school. Everyone asked me if I was the class clown, but I was the guy who sat next to the class clown and said, "Hey, you know what you should do? <laughs> you were the Egger Honor." Yeah, it was the class clown's head writer. Yeah, 
Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I got in trouble for being egged into doing stupid shit in high school. Yeah. It happened to me all the time. And that's why I had got kicked out of public school and went to prep school and got kicked out of prep school and had to beg my way back into public school. I just kept getting kicked out of every place, you know. How many times did you actually get egged? Egged? Yeah. You mean egged on? No. Just oh, oh, egged. actually egged? <laughs> hey, speaking of that, can I just tell you a quick story, you guys? Yes. These are uncertain times, Mikey. Oh, oh hey, are we going to do that already? Let's do it. Okay. Are you, <laughs> Jimmy, this has been overdone. The, the, the repetition of the favorite lines from people. The first number one candidate is... In, in, in these uncertain times. In, in these uncertain times... Yes. So what I did was yeah. I went on Twitter. And by the way, Jimmy Dunn is a great follow on Twitter, for those of you that like to laugh. I got a big charge out of following him on Twitter. But I, put, you, I put on, okay, finish this sentence. In these okay. uncertain times, and I, I put it on Twitter, and you should hear. Let's do them right now. All right. Some of the answers I got. You ready? Yep. yep. All right. You going to be the announcer, Bill? In these uncertain times. What is most certain is that Mikey Adams remains the voice of reason. No, that's that wasn't funny. I just like that. I to get that one. Then. I do it again. Okay. In these uncertain times, John Fiore says, "A man appreciates all the enjoyment his penis has given him." In these in these uncertain times, it's best to emulate the man with a hole in his pocket, a virtual guarantee you'll feel cocky all day. Yeah, I know. In these uncertain times. Greg Murphy. It's certainly correct to be certain that uncertainty is a certainty. That makes sense. That makes complete sense. <laughs> In these uncertain times. It's pretty certain that mutt sucks. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even write that. Okay. You gotta, you gotta let that go, man. That stress is gonna kill you. Thank you, Jimmy. I, I I've been did, telling actually, him it for years. I now. did, and now he's, he's like a he's like a turd in the punch bowl. Yeah, for we'd me. like to apologize I, to I, our I, listeners. I get it, man. I can hold a grudge with the best of them, but uh, <laughs> it's the stress is gonna kill yeah. you. No, he just, he'll be he won't have a job in six months. Okay, ready? Here the, we go. These are. <laughs> Uncertain times. In these uncertain. Oh, you have to say in these oh, uncertain. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. In the, in these, in these uncertain times. It's good to know that multinational companies who couldn't give a shit about me in January are here for me now. In, in these uncertain times. It's comforting to know that Arby's still has the meats. <laughs> We're all in this together. In these uncertain times. I'm less comforted with having a Dean Wormer wannabe as governor. Whoa. Oh. Dean Wormer, wow. In these uncertain times. It's good to know that, like, smoking weed is still the best solution to every fucking problem, dude. In these uncertain times. It's legal to smoke weed, but illegal to get a haircut? The hippies were right after all. Oh, there you go. <laughs> In these uncertain times. I've learned to use coffee filters to wipe my ass. In these uncertain times. It's still better than Thanksgiving at the in-laws. In these yeah. un uncertain times. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Jimmy. <laughs> How about this one? In these uncertain times. Being un unable to assume an initial premise with any tolerable degree of accuracy, I am loath to assert a conclusion fearful lest I should err. 
that one's a bit overwritten. <laughs> Do you think this guy's at home pondering sonnets? In these uncertain times. Naked. Okay, ready? Yeah. In, in, the, in these uncertain <laughs> Go ahead. In these uncertain times. you got to be more serious. I know. Okay. In these uncertain times. Okay, that's it. That sounds good. Morgan Freeman should be narrating my life. In these uncertain times. I don't need Viagra. In these uncertain times. If you if you utter the I don't think that was I don't think that was part of the bit I think that was just a thought. If you go ahead, if, if you utter the phrase "new normal" or "we're all in this together," you get punched right in the face. And finally, in these uncertain times, it's good to know that every single company you've ever provided your email address to is here for you. Mm. That was beautiful. Those hey, bastards. Uh, Bill, can I ask you a question? Yeah. How long have you been working in radio or audio production? Well, uh, 1971, May 1st. That's, uh, so it's been a long time, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow, Jimmy Dunn wasn't even born in 1971. Right. I know you weren't there. I wasn't. Um, what year were you born, Jimmy Dunn? I was born before that, before 71. Oh, you were? Yeah, a little bit. I was basically going to ask. So since when has chewing gum into a microphone been acceptable, Bill? Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Well, <laughs> am I, just, I am chewing gum? You are chewing gum. Well, I went to the Foo Fighters concert, and Dave Grohl chews gum while he's singing. And Joe, oh, Joe does. Walsh. Same thing with Joe Walsh. Well, he can't understand Joe Walsh either way, so. Yeah, Joe Walsh does it. Joe Walsh could put a dozen uh, Dunkin' Donuts in his mouth. It's the same song coming out. <laughs> it's all. It's eighty percent of it's coming out of his nose oh, anyway. Who's your favorite? Let's let's ask Jimmy Dunn some personal questions so we get to know. All more. right. Who's your favorite band in the history of rock and roll? Wow! In the history of rock and yeah, roll, oh, your favorite band ever. Here's the quiz music. Uh, that's an easy one for me. That's Van Halen. Oh, huh. wait a minute now. The uh, Diamond Dave or Sammy? Yeah. Sammy. Come on. I'm about to hang up. Well, of course, yeah. it's Diamond Dave. Oh, of course, Diamond yeah. Dave. Come on, but yeah. No. Sammy Hagar's too whiny. Now, hold on, I've had this discussion with um, several people, and there are some who love Sammy Hagar. I'm not one. No, of them. Not I like me. Sammy Hagar. He's a good guy, but not with Van Halen. It's you know, just... we play the shit out of Van Halen. I played him today. I'm on the pump. I'm back on the radio, Jimmy. I don't know if you know. You live in New Hampshire. You can't get the Pike 100.1 FM. It's a Worcester station. I, I do listen to the Pike though. When I'm well, when I used to have gigs, I would be cutting through there. I always listen to the <laughs> yeah, Pike. Yeah, it's fabulous. Pla- classic rock. Yeah, it's a fabulous station. And, uh, and right now, in my wheelhouse. Right in my wheelhouse, Mike. So, I, and Jimmy Dunn. So my Van Halen story is this. I'm working at WCCC Hartford, okay, doing a morning show. And Van Halen comes in, the whole band, because they had a show in town and they were promoting, I think it was 80, might have been 81 or 2. I think Jump was out. I don't Jump, know. Yep. But they were promoting that. And they, yep. they come into the station and they do an interview with the midday show. And I happen to still be there after, after 10 o'clock. And they did this interview. And then they all come out into the lobby, the office area of uh, WCCC. And there's a big Van Halen poster. And somebody goes, you guys should sign the poster. And they all sign right under their picture nicely. You know, blah, 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 blah. and then David Lee Roth, the dipshit. Signs the wall next to the poster, and he he goes he goes oh, this is great, and he signs the wall. And so I'm thinking to myself. My first thought was, now we got a fucking incomplete poster, and we got a wall that's that's got graffiti on it. There you go. I love it. All right, I got two Van Halen stories for you. Okay. 
the first one is uh, that I one that I read in a Van Halen book. I read recently there was a really great book about the beginnings of Van Halen, and I guess David Lee Roth's father was pretty wealthy. He was a doctor, yeah. and he had moved away, and so they were living in the doctor's Doctor Roth's house. Yeah, right, right when Van Halen is just kind of starting to, it's, they haven't hit yet, but they're they're partying hard, and they're in his house. And so this writer goes over to do a story on him and he shows up and he, Roth invites him into this kitchen with these big, beautiful cabinets and spray painted on the kitchen cabinets in giant letters. It said no milk. And the guy, the guy looks at it and he goes, what is, what's that about? And uh, Roth goes, oh, a couple of days ago. We didn't have any milk. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, man. <laughs> Here's your update. Yeah. <laughs> he just spray painted no milk on the cabinets because they were yeah. out of milk. Just a little bit loose. Just a little. Uh, just a little bit. So here's my favorite. Here's my personal Van Halen story. Yeah. I was, uh, I don't know, young, 19-ish maybe, and I went to see Van Halen at the Providence Civic Center, huh? and they had the hotel that was built into it there. Yeah. And so you could stay in the hotel and you go to the concert. And we had about 15 guys staying in this one room and we're partying our brains out. And we go to the concert and it was fantastic. And uh, they used to have these two uh, little people as their security guys. They would put them on stage as security. Were they midgets? Yeah, they were midgets. Oh. But you got to call them little people now. Yeah, which you know. sounds so, worse. Because they're very short-tempered. <laughs> yeah, so... So the two little people are on the stage and they're part of the show, you know? And anyway, we go back to the hotel after the show and we're all pretty drunk and we get in the elevator and who's in the elevator, but the two, the two little people. And I go, Hey, you're the guys from the show. And they go, yeah. <laughs> well, they no, the, we're the other they short got the people. Shirts on, and they got the you know that says security. <laughs> and I go, well, you guys going to the party? And they go, well, yeah, but I go, can we come with you? No, absolutely not. Oh, come on. And so I said to my buddy Dave Hack, and I go, grab one of them. We'll take them to the party. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in the elevator, trying to grab one of them. Well, the other guy. Is punch, the other one's punching us, and <laughs> in the uh, knee, the, the doors open at the top, and we go to you know they have the whole top floor of the hotel, so we go to try and get into this party, <laughs> holding two little people. <laughs> how, are you, wait, how are you holding them? How, how did you have us back in the elevator? Did you have them in headlocks? I mean, what did you what did you pick them up? Oh yeah, we had them. We had them like luggage, man. Oh, <laughs> That's this giant security guard just punched both of us and threw us back in the elevator. Oh, God. You know, I, I remember uh, going, that was so cool. We were <laughs> almost there. Now, they, they probably remember it, too, you know, the two the two midgets. Now, you, I don't know why we can't call them midgets anymore. That's not a, To me, that's not a uh, mean-spirited thing to call them, right? I mean, the, the people in The Wizard of Oz, they what did they say? We, oh, you're all little people? No, come on. It, it's... It's, isn't that technically right to call them midgets? I think it sounds worse to call them little people as if they're less than. That's right. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know what you could call anybody anymore. I, I'll tell you this. I hope when we're done with all of this and, and, and we get through this situation that for many people is life and death. Yeah. I hope when we get back to doing stand-up comedy, 
I, I really hope people take it less seriously. Yeah, and get back to they, right. Just, they, you know, they got to lighten up, Jimmy. They yeah. got They really do. Right. Just, they, we've been the through the heavy. And understand the words don't hurt you. you know I had I mean? a I had a midget on my soccer team when I was in junior high school. Uh, he yeah. had they he had to. Um, Eventually quit the team though because the the grass was tickling his balls. <laughs> <laughs> and then no, I ran into him later on after high school. He was trying to get a job at uh, at Outback and he couldn't get the job because the stakes were too high. Jesus. <laughs> 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 actually, I, I knew. I actually seriously did know a, a midget, and he he used to come in. We go into bars. He'd walk in and kiss everybody in the joint. <laughs> Hey, Jimmy. I got it. Jimmy, I got I'm that sorry. one. The, <laughs> pun, the puns per minute on your show. That's it. He's not, uh, the, not the funniest man in Massachusetts. You're right. And not even close. I'm not even the funniest guy in Upton. Good God. You know, we got 6,000 people. Jimmy, can I ask you a question? I asked Lenny this uh, last episode. And yes. uh, he had an answer to this. I want to see what Jimmy Dunn, the comedian, would build as his perfect uh, like go-to. I'm going to watch these guys do a set or do a show together. So we came up with who would be the opener, yep. who would be the middle, and who would close the show. So you viewing from your opinion, who would you like to see as the ultimate comedy show? Open, middle, close. Oh, so I, 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 oh, I thought I thought you were going to give me the three comics and I was going to put them in order. No, dream so the, set for you. The three comics that I want to see the perfect show. Man, that's a tough one. Um, it was for Lenny, too. Yeah, I'll tell you, I, while, while you think about it, Lenny said... No, don't tell him what Lenny said, because right. it, it might ruin what he's going to say. Oh, yeah. Okay, I was just trying to give him more time to think. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's all good. <laughs> all right, well, I know probably Lenny and I both say the same thing on Kenny Rogerson. I think I think Kenny Rogerson is one of the funniest comedians in the world, and, and he never got famous, and, and nobody really knows who he is, but I think he is one of the most brilliant comics uh, he's one of those guys that whenever he performs, I run into the room to watch. I make sure I'm there. Um, but, you know, he, he didn't say Kenny Rogerson. I don't Rogerson. Like to watch a lot of comedy, you know, because I know the trick. He, it's, it's, there's certain comics that I really love. I love Lewis Blacks, mm -hmm. so maybe I would have uh, – but, but, see, I like I really love the dark and twisted comics because that's not really what I do. Right. So I love that stuff. So maybe it's, maybe it's uh, Kenny – and Lewis Black, and let's see, who would be... Who's the closer? See, Lenny went more classic. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Man, who's who's the closer on that show? Maybe... Uh, Jimmy Dunn! <laughs> no, maybe the closer on that show is, uh, is Schubert, Jimmy Schubert. See, Lenny went all classic uh, yeah. comics. He, yeah, went, he went Carlin, Pryor, Kinnison. But, but oh, no, that's a good. That's, that I was mean, the order well, he went into. No, was it? I thought yes. Kinnison. Yeah, I closed. actually opened okay. for. I opened for uh, Kinnison right before he passed away. Really, he was so. Yeah, I was. I was a really young comic, and I, he did a gig up in New Hampshire, and I opened up for that show. I didn't get to meet him. Um, because I had to run down and do an audition after that, but so I never even got to meet him. But I did get to open that show, and then I, I, look if we're going all time and anybody, I think maybe Robin Williams too. I mean, uh, yeah, I got to I got to meet him and hang out with him a few times, and and just an absolute genius. So yeah, Ken Kennison in his prime, I think Kennison was. At the, oh, at the he, beginning, Kinnison was just absolutely brilliant. Yeah. That was that was one of the albums that really got me into comedy. Was his first album, right? And the Dangerfield stuff. I mean, it just, I mean, it just kicked the shit out of everybody. Inside. Yeah. Um, okay, so now 
topically speaking, where are you guys uh, weigh in on forehead thermometers? <laughs> like the exergenic temporal thermometer? This is a true story. My wife, my wife got a thermometer on Amazon because she was all prepping for the for the end of the world. And- she wanted to take my temperature one day, and she unpacked it, and it was for taking pizzas. It's a pizza thermometer. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your number? I go, honey, I don't think that's going to work. How'd your number come out? Good? Uh, you know, I, got, I, I got three pepperonis. I'll tell you what. The forehead Great. thermometers, as a, it's kind of an imposition. You walk up, and you're in an airport. Now they're going to use them in the airports. Yep. You walk up, and they walk up to you, and they put this thing next to your head. But I'm thinking to myself... It's still better than if the rectal thermometer choice. <laughs> right. Because you right. Know, imagine if they how did long that the, at the airport, that would really oh, hold up the line. The lines would be so long, and it, and it would be a smelly <laughs> process, and not just yeah. not good. So I'm thinking— And some people would be going back three or four times. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then, you know, those are the ones you don't want to sit next to on the plane no matter what. Uh, I don't want to sit next to anybody on a plane, man. I'm not going anywhere for a while. Yeah, no, it's, this is this is bad for the uh, the travel industry. But I, you know what? I think I when I go around, I drive around, I see people walking down the street by themselves, no one anywhere near them wearing a mask. I think, what a pussy! I see people driving cars with the mask on. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I don't know. I don't think you can have enough mask. I I say you err on the side of having the mask. Uh, look. Worst case scenario, you realize your breath stinks. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, but I thought, and my idea was to make a mask that looks just like your face, so that at least people know it's you. Right. They can say hi to you. You know, they don't think it's some some masked man. You know, with Tonto. This is ridiculous. Uh, I well, now you go in the supermarket. And you, and look, do you remember when you used to go in a supermarket? If you were wearing a mask, you were going to rob them. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> it's unbelievable right now what's going on. So I'm sick of it. I think it's got to end soon. I don't know whether it's going to be the, a vaccine that does it, but I am so sick of hearing about it. I'm sick of turning. A, you put on CNN, and I hate CNN, but you put them on, and there's a little box in the corner that says ninety thousand people dead. Well, that's a great way to put your mood in a in the right place. Yeah, you got to turn the news off. I, I, You know what I do? I watch Hogan's Heroes every night before <laughs> I go to bed. Because the, the story always ends good on Hogan's Heroes. You feel good about it. You go, <laughs> all right, we're going to win this thing. Yeah, unless you're Bob Crane's jealous lover with a camera tripod ready to... <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't end real... By the way, I did a radiothon with him in, in Hartford at Channel 30. We were doing, I think it was muscular dystrophy or something. And you get all the good gigs. He... I, I do. Bob Crane was uh, surrounded by women. They they were really attracted. He was in, in his prime then. Very very famous guy. And I, I remember thinking, God, he's got a lot of makeup on. Uh, you know. Uh, and I said, Colonel Hogan. He said, That's very good. You should really get out of the business. Uh, um, John Banner. John Banner is one of the greatest comic actors of all time. He was Colonel Clay, uh, uh, Sergeant Schultz. John yeah. Banner. Yeah. My God, just brilliant. And Werner Klemperer was uh, was Colonel Hogan. Now, speaking, Colonel of, Hogan, yeah. speaking of the MeTV lineup, uh, I don't know if you heard Ken Osmond, Eddie Haskell, dead. I did hear that. Yeah. I did hear that yesterday, right? He died yesterday at the age of 76. What an iconic role. Uh, and you know what he said when he got to, to the, the Golden Gates? Oh, God. He said, this is well played. He, he said, goodness, St. Peter, that's a lovely flowing robe you're wearing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. He became a motorcycle cop after he was Eddie Haskell. And I don't know yep. how you keep a straight face when Eddie Haskell pulls you over for something. You know, it's like, oh, are you shitting me? Come on. What, yeah, what? you're not going to lie to him. <laughs> uh, 
Now, there's other news topicals. I like topicals, you know, topical right. solutions. Uh, you know, I rub I rub them on my grundle when I have an itch. Uh, the California bailout. I know Smitty's going to have an opinion on this. Maybe. And I'd like to hear Jimmy Dunn's opinion on this, too. In California, first of all, the governor, what's his name? Gavin Newsom? Gavin Newsom. Yeah. He's got a plan to uh, subsidize, probably inspired by Nancy Pelosi, to subsidize illegal aliens in California. And there's only like three, four million of them there uh, with uh, checks like the ones we've been getting as bailout checks. The problem is that they're by giving them, they're underwater anyway in California, you know, financially. Way underwater. Yeah. Yes. So now they're going to say, oh, well, the taxpayers are going to f- supplement illegal aliens as if that's not already going on in that state in particular, right? Right. With money that citizens need to eat right now. People aren't even eating, and they're going to say, oh, you know what, we're going to say... Does that encourage more illegal alienism? Yeah, it's a magnet. Of course it is. What do you think? Yeah. Jimmy, what do you think? Uh, Listen, I don't care if they gave me a Cadillac Escalade and a house in Beverly Hills. I'm not going to California right now. So I don't know what it's encouraging, but yeah, I mean, look, I I was lucky enough to live in California for a while and I had a TV show for a little while and I had a big check coming in every week and and it was good. they, They took almost all of it. And that's, that's the price you pay. And at some point you have to be responsible. We used to watch this guy. He was living in a van and he would park at the beach and he would sleep at the, you know, he'd sleep right there and he'd wake up in the morning, go surfing. And then he'd always be, we'd see him at night at the taco place. And we'd see him come out of a liquor store with, with an EBT card. You go, this guy got it all figured out. He man. does. He's, he's, he's living at the beach, you know? And meanwhile, we can't afford to live at the beach. And I was a TV star at the time. Right. That's the thing. That's what makes it weird is that it, it Everybody's get. I, I don't know. And, and the newest thing is uh, zero bail policy. They're they're letting people out of jail who have done very bad things yeah. because they don't want to subject them to the COVID nineteen. They want to get them out there so that they're safe. Meanwhile, but, they meanwhile will, the streets aren't. They arrest you and put you in jail for not wearing a mask. Right. Look, it's it, never mind California. It's lawless here. I was on ninety five the other day. There are people doing 120 miles an hour in Honda Civics, and then you come up with another guy, he's doing 20 miles an hour in the middle lane eating a sandwich. Mm. People don't, it's lawless. People don't care anymore. Well, you can't eat sandwiches now? No, but he's doing 20 <laughs> miles an hour in the middle lane. Like, right. my point is that, like, nobody cares about anything anymore. I know. Because, because the world is so serious, they're like, you know, I mean, this guy's driving 120, and you see a cop just go, yeah, no, I'm not chasing him down. He's probably got the COVID. I remember the first time I ever got stoned on marijuana when I was a young young man, and I was driving a, a borrowed Volkswagen Beetle with a broken speedometer, and yeah. I, I was really baked. And I'm and I'm driving, and a cop got behind me, and I said, "Oh Jesus, I better slow down." I was paranoid. I slowed down, and then he got right up on my ass. Oh my God! So I slowed down some more. He pulls me over. He says, "Why? Why are you going thirty on the highway?" <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, this is a highway? Oh, I'm sorry. He goes, yeah, it's a highway. <laughs> I said, this phenomenon is broken. He said, you get out of here. He let me go. And he, I'm sure he smells something weird. Um, now, speaking of, smell, speaking of smelling something, can, yeah. you, can, you get, can you get the marijuana in Massachusetts right now, or are they yes. still closed? Yeah, no. They don't, 
they don't cl- they'll close the golf course before they'll close the dispensary. You know, anything that pre- represents money in their pocket. Although I will yeah. say Charlie Baker's got it. He can't be a golfer because if he's not going to allow carts, first of all, carts is the ideal social distancing. It's the perfect sport and recreation because you don't have to go anywhere near the guy you're playing with, you know? Because you got a cart, yeah. You got a cart. You get on the green. You're 10 feet away. You putt the ball. You don't even have to pick up to touch the pin anymore. They have that new rule. So golfing's perfect. Charlie Baker clearly does not play golf because he says, okay, okay, I've heard enough complaints. You can play golf. But you have to walk <laughs> with a 50-pound yeah. a golf bag. Come on. Give me a break. Listen, we want to golf, but we don't want to exercise. <laughs> we need to make it work. It's taking the fun out of this. Um, they, um, I, you know, I, I'm a big surfer. I love to surf. That's why I live up in I New Hampshire. I saw that on I Twitter. Beach. And I'm not allowed to go surfing right now. But the, the governor in New Hampshire just okayed mini golf and uh, equestrian farms Ugh. to open up. So. I can go play putt-putt, but I can't go swim in the ocean. You can't it, surf. It makes no sense. I mean, first of all, you're getting washed by sunshine, bathed by salt water. You're out uh, way far away from anybody else. I saw your tweet today, by the way. You mentioned Mikey. I said, I don't surf. He, he, this is not me. <laughs> no, it's different Mikey. But, yeah. but if I have a nine-foot surfboard, yeah. you, you, you cannot, by definition, get within six feet of me, or you're going to get hit in the head with my surfboard. It's so ridiculous. I'm surprised you didn't say your favorite band was the Beach Boys. My favorite band is not the Beach Boys, but I have seen them perform a few times. Yeah. Now, I, I like their lifestyle. I'm a big fan of Jack Johnson's lifestyle. I'm not super crazy about his music, but uh, right. I wouldn't mind being the guy. Well, being in the Beach Boys, you know, two two out of the three Wilson brothers have passed away, and the other one's crazy. So it's probably not probably a real healthy band to be in. Uh, Den- uh, Dennis Wilson drowned. Remember that? True. And Carl yes. Wilson died of like throat cancer or something like that. And and and, and none Brian. of them, and none of them surfed. <laughs> none of them surfed. They, none of them surfed. That's, they that's, that's, that's from the movie. The guy goes, "Look, you want me to write another right. song about surfing or hot rods? We don't do either of them. We those. don't do either. <laughs> but they look good holding the surfboard on the cover of their album. That's when one they thing. Sure do. Yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, Jimmy Dunn is a, is a comic. We're not. You know, I I can't believe that you haven't had a gig in two months, but no one has. So it's it's crazy. I can't be you itching to get back out there um, i am but i am but i'm gonna wait look i also want people to be comfortable when they're sitting in the comedy club and i want them to not you know worry about people that are laughing people laugh and they cough and you right. know we're gonna we're gonna need some medicine before we really go back to a full-scale comedy yeah. club and i can wait that out a little bit and i'll write some new jokes yeah you yeah we do a podcast you know you and tony's podcast we're glad to have you on this one now, what about this story though this is i'm gonna wrap this i want to wrap this podcast up with this well okay. this isn't this isn't oh, one of those <laughs> no this this isn't a sad story. This is one where you go, what? Okay, so you know the PPP program, right? The, the, the payroll protection plan? Yes. The government yes, plan? you can get a loan. A loan. Okay, here's yes. a guy. We want to talk about balls the size of bowling balls. This guy here. Maurice Fain, who's a rapper. He was known as Arkansas Mo on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Well, of course. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Maurice Fain arrested for using a $2 million PPP coronavirus loan that he got from the governor because he has a company. You know, Wait a minute, $2 million? He, got, he asked for $3 million, yeah. but he only got two. He has this oh, company, a, a trucking company, and he claims that he has 107 employees uh, costing him $1.49 million for their salaries. Okay, so here's what he does. He gets the loan, Jimmy, Yep. and he spends the money on... 
a Rolex presidential, Ooh. a 5.73-carat diamond ring. He leases a 2019 Rolls-Royce, and he pays <laughs> he off— He leased a car. He pays $40,000 to one of his baby mamas for child support that he owed back pay. So here's the kind of guy he is. He owed $40,000 in back child support. So he goes out there, and, you know, you got to give him credit for, for being— Creative and being yeah. a, being a yeah. Crook. I mean, if you owed if you owed forty thousand in child support, so so I owe forty thousand in child support, and I need a loan. How much do you need? Three million. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he gets the two million. He does all this stuff. He buys all these things. They busted him, right? And they put him in jail. Uh, and they let him out on only $10,000 bond. He had $9,000 in his pocket when they arrested him. <laughs> Jesus. It's unbelievable. What a system. Hey, you know, we just gave you $3 million that you still probably have and took fraudulently. But in order to get out of jail, we're going to need nine grand. <laughs> right, yeah, right. And by the okay. way, do you have anything smaller than hundreds? Oh, yeah. man. Uh, so that's, the, that's to me, that is the epitome of what this, this pandemic has caused. Insanity from the government right straight down through to the, your, your two-year-old. But remember this, Mikey. We're all in it together. Oh, that's right. <laughs> well done, Jimmy. Hey, I get, well done, Jimmy. Well done, Jimmy. Done. Yeah. You're a good guy. Hey, I hope everything's great with you and stay healthy, my friend. Thanks, Mike. I, it's great to hear your voice. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, great, Jimmy Dunn from New Hampshire's funniest guy. <laughs>